This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker, an author, and an executive coach. And today I am over the moon excited to welcome a dear friend and colleague, Sam Horn, back to the show. Sam will show us how to speak up instead of shut down, face challenges head on instead of running the other way, and keep your cool so you'll never be tongue-tied or tongue-twisted again. Sam, welcome. Why, thank you, Caroline. I've really been looking forward to sharing some Talking on Eggshell tips and stories with your community. Oh, Sam, I'm so excited to reconnect with you. And I devoured your book, and we're going to really dive into a juicy conversation today. But I want to set this up because it's an interesting time in the world. Uh, I perceive that it's increasingly divisive and Often, uh, people are losing a sense of decency and diplomacy, but I'm also seeing people really reluctant to speaking up. So what are your thoughts on that? Because you say that words have ripple effects. Well, you are right. Uh, McKinsey said that rudeness is getting worse and incivility is on the rise. So it's not just your opinion or observation that we're becoming more divisive. And the good words... The good words that we can use, though, help us be a force for good. So want a quick example of that? Yes, please. I would love that. Wonderful. I know that many people in your community are juggling their work and their home life and their careers. And so here's an example of I visited my son in New York and his one-year-old son crawled across the floor and hauled himself up on this guitar over in the corner and started banging on the strings. Now, Andrew could have said no, or he could have said, stop banging on the guitar. He could have yanked the guitar away, all of which would have made things worse. Instead, he said one word. He said, gentle. And I saw Hero's face transform in front of me. And he reached back to the guitar. He went, strum, strum, strum. And Hero made music because Andrew coached him on his behavior instead of criticized him for his behavior. He shaped his behavior instead of shamed it. And as a result, Hero learned from that situation instead of losing face. And I know whether it's at work or at home, something goes wrong and it's so tempting to to tell him to stop doing this or to not doing this. It actually reinforces the negative behavior From now on, coach instead of criticize, shape instead of shame, and people will learn from those mistakes instead of lose face over those mistakes. Oh, Sam, that just brings such a smile to my face because I think we can all relate to that story in such a personal way. And and I can just visualize the smile on Hero's face when he gently strum the guitar. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I picked up early on in the book is you you talk about let's lose the word confront. Say more about that. You know, Harvard found that 67% of people self-identify as conflict averse. And if we see conflicts as confrontations, we head the other way when we see them coming. So I believe in turning a conflict and a confrontation into a clarifying conversation, and we can do it with these six words. Can you please help me understand? 
you know, a 30-second story. There was a young woman who was up for promotion, and then the very next day she was threatened with being fired. And before, she would have melted down. She would have gone home, dissolved into tears. Who knows? She would have quit her job, rehashed how unfair this was. Instead, she went back to her supervisor. She said, can you please help me understand how I was up for promotion at the beginning of the week, and now I'm being threatened fire? And the supervisor explained the situation Bethany remembered it, was able to tell her what happened. The manager ended up apologizing to Bethany, thanking her for forcing their policy and giving her the promotion. What an example of like just avoiding a conflict. We go down the rabbit hole of resentment. Instead, if we use those words, can you please help me understand, we set up a ripple effect of rapport and respect. I love that. You know, and as a coach, and I know you do this a lot in your work too, I think of this as a way to reframe and also temper our emotions. My observation over the years and even my my personal experience is that we often have the urge to lash back when anger is involved and heightened emotions. And you write so beautifully that there are four words that can help us turn our impatience into empathy. You know, I'm so glad you brought this up because I was speaking at a women's leadership conference and a woman put her hand up and she said, why are women so catty to each other? Now, Caroline, I knew that if I said, I don't think women are catty to each other, we would have ended up arguing that. Instead, I asked, you know, what do you mean? And she said, you know, well, I have a boss who, you know, talks over me in meetings and so forth. Ah, okay. The real issue. So, and also I reframed it, your word by saying, you know what I found women are real champions of each other. So instead of denying a negative accusation, redirect it with what do you mean? Or instead of arguing with them over an unfair accusation or stereotype, ask, what do you mean? Why do you think that? What makes you say that? And it often reveals the real issue. We can address that instead of reacting to the attack. You know, it's so interesting to me, Sam, because I think often we create these scenarios and we think we can mind read what the other person is thinking. And I don't know about you, but I can't do that. I don't know anyone that can do that accurately. So really being curious and asking for clarity, help me understand, levels the the emotional playing field. You know, you're so right. In fact, here's something else we can say. I loved what you said in your introduction, Caroline, about not being tongue-tied or tongue-twisted, using tongue-foo, so to speak. And so here's another way we can do that. Imagine something has gone wrong and the blaming has begun. Well, you dropped the ball on that. Don't blame me. I never got the memo. Back and forth we go. So oh, think about instead of fault-finding, find solutions. Say, let's not do this. Or we can say, this won't help. Instead, let's figure out, you know, how we can prevent this from happening again. Or instead, let's figure out how we can handle this more effectively in the future. Now we're fixing the course for the future instead of fixing the blame for the past. Mm, Love that. So one of the uh, endorsement quotes on your book is from John Mackey, the founder of Whole Foods. And I found this so poignant and I'd love to pull the thread so you can tell, tell us more. He says, the book is the course correct for today's cancel culture. That was really powerful. Tell me more. 
Well, first, I was so honored because, of course, John Mackey is a marvelous founder and really known for conscious capitalism, for building cultures in companies where all the employees and customers feel seen, heard, and understood. So here's a, a 30 second story, and then I'll talk about what I think is actually creating that cancel culture is I had an opportunity to do some training for Kaiser. And then three years later, I went back as a patient. Well, the receptionist saw me walk in. She looked around. There wasn't anyone in the lobby. She beckoned me over. There were the words to lose and words to use reminder card still taped to her reception desk. And she said, Sam, I'm the first point of contact. You know, I'm really friendly and I never understood why people were so mean to me when I was so kind to them. Then I took your workshop and I realized I was using all those fighting words on the left. And here are words that actually create a cancel culture, but, well, I'd like to help you, but, well, I can't answer that because it's like, well, you should have brought your insurance card. Well, you know, I can't book you appointment. Words like, but, should, you'll have to, can't because, there's nothing, all create this resentment and resistance. So one of the things we talk about in the Talking on Eggshell book, instead of saying but, say and. You know, it's I'm sorry that happened and thank you for bringing it to my attention. Instead of you should have called earlier, from now on, if you'll call at least a week before your appointment, we can. Instead of you have to take this to section G, if you could please take this to section G, instead of, well, no, you can't because yes, you can as soon as, these words actually create cooperation instead of conflict and a cancel culture. And, you know, I'm looking at that beautiful words to lose, words to use chart in the book right now, and it, it resonates so deeply. And it also makes me think, Sam, it's about speed and tempo. And often if we give ourselves a pulse, a pause to connect the brain with our mouth, we can absolutely be more intentional about what comes out. I just love that you said that is that and here are four words that can help us take that pause is that imagine someone's taking their anger or their frustration out on you. It's so easy to think how rude. I didn't make the rules. Why are you blaming me? This isn't my fault. And once again, down the rabbit hole of resentment and resistance. Instead, if we say, take that pause, like you suggested, how would I feel? How would I feel if I were in their shoes? How would I feel if this was happening to me? We may not like or agree with their behavior. Now we understand it and it gives us the incentive to move from impatience to empathy and from contempt to compassion. Hmm. Sam Horn, we'll be right back after a quick break. I'd like to tell you about a special offer. If you want to bring your podcast to life, or up your podcast game, you can get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn using my special code CDHWORK. The Libsyn team will get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and give you access to critical stats and all the support you need to sound your best and grow your show. Use my special code CDHWORK. the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who will work within your budget 
and engage your audience. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create a healthy workplace culture, or prevent burnout in your organization, I can create customized content to help you recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. Connect with me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. Sam, I love that you use these phrases in the book. You suggest that we be a blue caper and a pattern interrupt to counteract the divisiveness in the world right now. Would you please clarify those more for this global audience? You bet. I I had an opportunity to go to the UN and see Peter Diamandis, who is the founder of XPRIZE, speak. And he said, there's two kinds of people in the world. There's red capers who fight evil and injustice, and then there are blue capers, and they're a force for good. And I thought, well, there's actually three kinds of people. There are also gray capers who don't fight evil and injustice, so they're not a force for good. They just complain about everything and don't do anything about it. And everything in this book is how we can be a blue caper. Elvis said, when things go wrong, don't go with them. <laughs> and so often if someone yells at us, we yell back. If someone insults us, we, and that just is going with what is wrong. And I think when something goes wrong, we can make it right by, as you said, being a pattern interrupt is that responding with these much more proactive phrases that put us on the same side instead of side against side. You know, Sam, what I find interesting, I love the story that you told about your grandson at the get-go, and and it, it just tells me that we can really learn these techniques at any age, whether we're a toddler or a seasoned adult. Has your experience been that, uh, you know, grown-ups, if you will, are embracing this because it's a, a new opportunity for them to communicate with compassion and with empathy? 100%. In fact, uh, this is a skill and it can be learned at any age. I mean, remember when we first sat down at our laptop, you know, we didn't know where to put our fingers on the keys or how to do it. Now we just sit down. We don't even think about it. It's so automatic. It's the same with this. And I will always remember I was speaking for a hotel and toward the end of the course, a gentleman put his hand up and he said, you know, Sam, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. He said, I use those fighting phrases all the time. He said, I used them all in one sentence this morning. And I said, do you remember what happened? He says, yeah. I said, one of my employees wanted some time off. Their, their parents were coming in from out of town. They wanted to go to the airport. I said, well, I'm sorry, but we can't give you the time off because this is our busiest time of year. You should know that we're already short staffed. And he held up the reminder card of the friendly phrases and fighting phrases, the words to use instead of, and he said, I see now where I could have said, you know, I wish I could give you the time off because you're one of our best employees and this is our busy time of the year and we're short staffed and let's see if we can get someone to cover you, even if it's just for an hour so you can go to, he says, I see that I can't always make things instantly better. However, when I use the words on the right, at least people know I care and I'm doing my best instead of just brushing them off and saying, not going to happen. And, and that's really the crux of it all. I care. You matter. 
and, and really honoring that relationship. Mm-hmm. That's, I love, oh, please, no, Sam, go, go right ahead. Keep going, because you just said exactly the point of the book, Caroline. So thank you for, for paraphrasing it and summarizing it so eloquently. I want to really pull the thread about how there are experiences that we all have when someone is not keeping their cool. They're, they're getting heightened emotionally and it gets, um, you know, the, the emotions are high, your heart's palpitating. What do we do in that scenario when that other person is not uh, maintaining their composure? Boy, one of the most important things is for each of us to come up with a mantra that we say uh, when we get hot under the collar so we can keep our cool. And Pema Schroden said something really profound. She said, do not let people pull you into their storm, pull them into your peace. So maybe your mantra is I keep my cool no matter what. Maybe your mantra is I will pull them into my peace. Maybe my mantra is, is that I give quality service even when I don't feel like it. (laughs) Because if we can say something to ourselves, then instead of firing back whatever's on the tip of our tongue, it gives us literally and figuratively the presence of mind to continue to be the quality of person we want to be, even when other people aren't. I love that because you're really diffusing the heightened emotion. And then what you're saying is that people mirror your behavior and that all boats rise with a high tide. You know, that I'll give you a quick example is that um, years ago I was, uh, my son had a birthday and he didn't want a cake, he wanted ice cream. So I went to our local ice cream store and Oh my goodness, there was a young woman behind the counter. Her hair was straggling out of her hairnet. There was a long line. Everyone wanted something complicated. And it was my turn. I came up and I said, I'd like three quarts of chocolate chip ice cream, please. She put her hands on her hips. She said, three quarts of chocolate chip ice cream. Do you know how hard it is to get that ice cream out of those containers? Now, Caroline, if I'd reacted, maybe I would have said something like, well, excuse me, I thought this was an ice cream store. That would not have helped. (laughs) Instead, I said, has it been one of those kind of days? (laughs) And she just melted. She said, oh, yes, I was supposed to be off an hour ago. It's been nonstop. So the next time we're about to let loose what's on the tip of our tongue because someone is being rude or is not treating us with the respect that we deserve, try those words. Has it been one of those kinds of days? And you know what? A lot of times they say, oh, yes. And once again, now we're on, we're allies on the same side instead of adversaries side against side. Mm, that's fantastic. Sam, it's an interesting time. And I don't want to go into a, a political, down a political rabbit hole, but there's no doubt that the country is is polarized right now. And it's inevitable that we come in contact with people who maybe have different opinions or ideologies, and we care about people. I've even seen families torn apart because of, of political um, differences. How do, we, how do we navigate that? Because that is visceral and, um, and difficult. Boy, I'm glad you brought this up because you are right. We, we all know someone who's not talking to a family member or a longtime friend because they have polar opposite opinions. And so 60 second story, and then we'll unpack what we can do in that situation. I had monthly calls with a woman in the speaking industry who was an icon 
and she was just revered and respected. And we, I'll never forget the day on one of our phone calls where she said kind of casually that she thought the current president was the best president we ever had. And I was shocked because I thought just the opposite. And I thought, I can't believe someone I thought I knew so well has a completely different opinion. And at the end of the call, I didn't know if we were ever going to talk again. And I was very fortunate, Caroline, because I remembered that I grew up on a horse in a small Southern California town. And there was quick stand out there. And did our parents say, well, you can't ride your horses anymore because there's that dangerous quicksand out there? No, they just told us to avoid the quicksand. So I asked myself, am I going to change her mind? No. Is she going to change my mind? No. Am I going to throw away a 25-year friendship over this one issue? Am I going to focus on what we have in conflict or what we have in common? So what we agreed to do is just to declare politics a quicksand conversation. And we continued our calls. And I'm really reaching out to everyone to ask themselves, is that person going to change your mind? Nope. Are you going to change their mind? Nope. Then discussing that serves no good purpose. But instead of quitting the relationship, maybe you can have a quicksand relationship where you focus on what you have in common instead of what you have in conflict. Mm, love that. You know, Sam, one of my favorite things about how you craft your books is that you, you pepper in these beautiful quotes that really illustrate so many poignant moments. And you've got over 200 in this book. It is just a feast. Do you have a favorite? Oh, I don't know if I can do one favorite. I can do several. It's uh, Dalai Lama said, whenever possible, be kind. It is always possible. <laughs> mm, that's fantastic. And Joyce Meyer said, life may give you a cactus. You don't have to sit on it. And that's what talking on eggshells is about. If life gives us a cactus, don't sit on it. You know, change it, improve it, do something about it. Just don't complain about it. Yes. Hey, good segue, good segue. As we wrap, I would like to unpack what we do if people are complaining or blaming. My goodness, I see this a lot. And um, it's easy to get defensive. But again, that pause, thinking about how we can reframe, what's the next step? I tell you, I'm going to say something that flies in the face of what we've been taught. And when people complain, don't explain. Because explanations come across as excuses. They actually make people angrier because they feel we're not being accountable. Instead, take the A train. A for agree, A for apologize, A for act. Someone says, you were supposed to pick me up an hour ago. Oh, I know there was traffic. Nope. Instead, say A, you're right. Agree. I was supposed to pick you up an hour ago. A for apologize. And I'm sorry you ended up waiting so long. A for act. And in the future, if I'm going to try and pick you up on a Friday, I'm building in a cushion for Murphy's Law. The A train expedites complaints. Explanations aggravate them. Fantastic. Oh, Sam, you are a treasure and I so appreciate you. Let me tell this global audience the title of your phenomenal new book. It's called Talking on Eggshells. Soft Skills 
for hard conversations. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major booksellers, but I'm grateful that you champion our independent booksellers. So we want to give them a shout out. Sam, if you would be so kind, tell this global audience how they can continue to follow you after the podcast. Well, I hope that they'll go to my website, which is easy to remember, samhorn.com. And I've got blogs there and videos there. I also hope that they follow me on LinkedIn because I've got a LinkedIn course on communication and I write weekly about current situations and oh my goodness, what can we say when that happens? How can we be proactive instead of reactive? And it'd be lovely to connect with them on LinkedIn as well. Well, and I can echo that. I I continuously learn from you and you've got a brand new LinkedIn post today about elevator interaction. So I strongly encourage our listeners to check it out. Sam Horn, you are a treasure. I am so deeply grateful for you. Thank you for spending time with me today. It's a joy, Caroline. I so appreciate the, the rising tide work you do with your stories and insights that all help us be better people and better leaders and better parents and better partners. Thank you, my friend. And I want to give a special shout out to my extraordinary podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.